And welcome to episode 53 of the Radio MVP Sports Podcast. I'm Tim, along with Anthony, bringing you the latest here in Northeast Ohio and around the country in the world of sports. As a matter of fact, around the globe, I guess we could talk about it if we really wanted to. However, I think we're going to keep this one pretty localized. Uh, a little World Series talk because we have reached the final two in baseball. And, and, of course, that is the Dodgers and the Red Sox. And that starts tomorrow night. And you can honestly say, I think you can honestly say those are the two best teams in baseball. I think the Brewers came close, but just were a little shy. And you got to give the, you got to give the nod to what the Dodgers did in the, in the NLCS and how they handled themselves. And maybe that's experience because they were there last year, got to the World Series, and been through the playoff scenario, uh, scenario before. But I think Boston has uh, proven me wrong because I kept saying mm-hmm. Houston was the best team in baseball. Mm-hmm. And they handled Houston pretty well. So I think we're going to see a pretty entertaining World Series here. And it's going to be really interesting. I heard a stat real quickly, Anthony, before you uh, chime in. Uh, the Dodgers outfielders have 0% uh, experience in Boston. So they're not used to that green monster. They're not used to the triangle. They're not used to Pesky's pool and then the, the kind of curvature out there. So it's going to be interesting to see how that outfielders, uh, when they have that opportunity to start the World Series in Boston uh, on Tuesday night, how they, uh, how they react to that being in that, that ballpark, that historic ballpark, two great historic ballparks, by the way in the world series and, and Dodger stadium in California. And of course uh, you can't, you know, Fenway park, you can't say anything more. <laughs> you can't get much more historic than Fenway pork. I agree with you. And I think if you were to go back and look at the opening day rosters, when each team broke camp, how to begin the season and you put the Dodgers roster and the Red Sox roster in front of you, you'd probably say these are the two best rosters in baseball. Maybe a handful of other teams, but as the season went on, you know, the Boston was a clear-cut favorite in all 108 wins. Just incredible how how thoroughly dominant they were. And you flip the page and go to the Dodgers, and they were 10, 11 games under 500 in April and May, just really, right. you know, just slogging their way to the season, just really couldn't get anything going. Bellinger wasn't doing anything. Turner got hurt. Kershaw was hurt. You know, their starting rotation was in shambles and the hard edge with Kenley Jansen. Thankfully, he's recovered nicely. And um, then the trade for Machado really helped them take off. Like you and I discussed back in July already. Holy crap. You know, when we talked on the trade deadline earlier, you know, but then they still had their injuries. And then the, the addition of Dozier really helped them out. And, you know, they look phenomenal in the playoffs. That, the NLCS against Milwaukee was really fun to watch. And give the Dodgers credit because when a player such as Yashio Puig, and we've, we all know how dynamic but controversial he can be. And when he made a comment after they won the NL West, he said, we're going to win the World Series. Uh, give him credit. It's tough to back it up. It's tough to win, you know, seven games so far in the playoffs like they've had. Um, and so with everything that they've had to deal with this year, it's a testament to Dave Roberts and the job he's done. It's tough to get back to the World Series. And uh, they got a great – it's going to be a fun World Series. Two of the most historic franchises like you touched on 
Uh, this should be a fun one starting tomorrow night. It really should be. I'm looking forward to it. it like you said, it's going to mm -hmm. be interesting and good. Give the Dodgers credits. Like you said, yep. they, uh, they never got down on as the season went long. I thought Dave Roberts again did a terrific job of, uh, managing a lot of different personalities and getting it through. And, you know, I'll say this about Puig. Uh, I love the idea of a player who is not outspoken, but a, a guy who believes Eccentric. in himself and his yeah, team. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, exactly. you know, the goal of every team in March is to win the World Series. So when you have a team that has that opportunity in September when you clinch, you know, to get into October baseball, to – put yourself on out there and say, you know, we're going to win the world series. Well, I don't think you're putting yourself on a limb. You're saying exactly what your goal is. Yep. And there's exactly. nothing wrong with that. I think it gets, it can come off arrogant at times, but I think it's a great thing. I think it's good for baseball. I think it's good for uh, sports in general. I mean, I don't want, you know, a team, let's say in, in September in the NFL, who's, know three and one say well yeah we just hope to make the playoffs yeah mm -hmm. you know our goal is to win our division and, and, and make the playoffs well no your goal is to win the whole damn thing mm -hmm. but exactly. yeah it takes steps along the way to achieve it so i have no problem with you know with with puig's uh a, you know oversized ego in a sense but i think it's a good thing i think it's fun he's a fun guy you know he may not be as well known across the you know the spectrum of sports, but I think people are going to learn more about him as time goes by exactly. and what he's about. So I, you know, I look forward and I think the same thing with the, you know, it's kind of redemption for the, for the Red Sox. You got a lot of players looking for redemption, you know, including, you know, David Price and exactly. what his career has been, what he went through last week, you know, last year, you know, even when we talked to Nate Mavis about that last, mm -hmm. you know, last uh, podcast and, uh, you know, this is an opportunity for him to, uh, kind of shed some, um, you know, some history from his, uh, from his resume. And everybody knows once you win, you kind of shed that history. I mean, Alex Rodriguez, you know, he never had a great postseason, but he ended up on a, on a world series well, champion mm -hmm. with the Yankees. And, yep. you know, he had a few hits along the way that year. So it doesn't take a lot to shed your, your image or your history if you win a world series and exactly. i think that's where it can hinder a team and you know us being indian fans and i think that's where we're at right now is a lot of history of non-success in the playoffs is starting to kind of haunt this team this organization because mm -hmm. it's all back-to-back -back losses in the uh opening round this bat you know in 17 and 18 and Unfortunately, not winning a game seven uh, in, you know, at home in 2016 in the World Series. And then hearing about the going into this series, what was it? I think they're 0 and 5, oh, and maybe 0 and 6. Oh, yeah, and six in, in elimination games. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it is a, uh, you know, it is starting a, to be a negative history that's starting mm -hmm. to be a narrative for the Indians. And they're going to have to win a big game to shed that image. And that's easier said than done because you have to play 162 and get to the playoffs for that to happen. But that's where they're at. And, you know, that's another story for another day. You know, the whole thing about the baseball season. And we're going to get into that and we'll cover the World Series as it goes on. And we'll be back in a couple of days to talk about 
the World Series and let the first couple games go by, and then and we'll get back into it. Maybe we can hook up with some some of our uh, baseball friends out there and and get their opinion going into it, especially in the middle of the World Series. Let's you know that's to me be more fun. But one thing I think both of us want to get into today, mm-hmm. and it's something we've been talking about, is we say it every time in August. Every it's the year. fastest. Yeah, fastest 10 weeks of the year. And my God, we're in week 10 of the high school football uh, season coming up uh, this Friday night. And good news is for ESPN 1570, for Anthony, myself, and for Matt, we will be in Hubbard covering a great game between Youngstown East and Hubbard and playoff implications. And we're going to go through the different uh, playoff implications for all our local teams in the different divisions. So, Anthony, let's uh, let's kick it off looking at uh, the Ohio High School Athletic Association Division One, Region One, where our only Division One school in the area is represented well and has clinched a playoff spot at, and that is Austintown Fitch. Yeah, it's a uh, a nice season for the Falcons, uh, coming off a big a big time win over rival Borman, blocking the extra point to win the game. Uh, Fitch had a nice season, seven and two. Only losses to Harding, who are going to make the playoffs, also, and the juggernaut up in Maslin, who, if you love them or you hate them, so the Falcons will be probably around the seven or eight seed area right now. They're seven as of now, um, you know, but that's obviously to be determined with week ten still to go. You know, you look at possible matchups, Menor maybe who. You know, they don't need any, you know, matter just a historically well, great program. I will say this. No one right now quickly. is locked in. Go ahead. I was going to say real quickly, just to, they if they win this week and a couple uh, teams in front of them do not, they have a chance for a home game. Post a home game, yep. They do. They have clinched a playoff spot, but they have not clinched a home game. Only one has clinched a home game is Menor. And, yep. they, you know, Canton, you know, as you mentioned, Solon, Canton, McKinley, St. Edwards right now hold the top four spots, but there's no guarantee all four of them will win next week. Matter of fact, and we'll just see how it works out. Uh, I think even St. You know, you look at Euclid, you know, St. Ignatius and, and Austintown all have a chance to maybe mm-hmm. uh, flip those, uh, those six seats and anything is possible right now. Cause I, it looks like, you know, Solon probably can hang on to a, Two seed, top four seed, mm-hmm. but the others all have a chance. Austintown is, you know, at twenty-one and a half. Uh, Saint Ignatius at twenty-two, Euclid and Edwards both at twenty-four, and, and Canton at twenty-five. But I don't expect it. But you just until the games are played, you don't know. And yeah, you think mathematically they have that chance, and I guess there's a few other teams that mathematically are still in. Uh, we'll have to wait and see how Strongville and. Uh, Maslin Jackson and Cleveland Heights all work there out. They all have an opportunity to get that eighth spot. So we'll just have to wait and see. But it's kind of interesting to see where Austin Town could land. They could get like a Canton McKinley in the first round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you look at, you know, the winner of the San Ignatius St. Ed's game uh, this weekend. That team should lock up a home game right Correct. now. Ed's has. The edge there, but Ignatius win obviously will probably more than likely be enough to jump Ed's and uh, secure them a home game. So it's going to be a lot of fun. That you know, Division One, Region One, 
every single year is so fun to watch. Even if we have a team from the area make the playoff or not, it's always fun to watch. And then you go to uh, Division Two, Region 5, where mm-hmm. you get a few of our local teams involved here, including Warren Harding and Boardman. And both of them right now have clinched a playoff spot. So they are in the playoffs. It's just a matter of seeding now to see how it works. Uh, there's still two seats up for grabs. Uh, Archbishop Hoban has clinched the number one spot. They're 9-0 and on the season. Mm-hmm. Maplewood Heights come in at 9-0 and at 2. Warren Hardy, who beat Borman earlier this year in a good game, uh, 7-2. and Garfield Heights, 9-0. and Macedonia comes in at eight and one, Painesville at seven and two, and Bourbon at four and five. Just tells you how tough their schedule has been yep. this year, and they have uh, not clinched. I'll take that bet. They have not clinched. However, they have the opportunity, probably with the win over Lakeside on Friday night. Yeah, it's, you know, first take a look at Harding right now, who is as of today the three seed in Division Two, Region Five. Uh, Rares have had a nice year after the opening game loss to Kent McKinley. You know, it'll be interesting to see how Harding fares in the postseason. Uh, a really nice win over Austin Town Fitch, 49-14. I think that surprised a lot of people. Nice win over Bourbon, 17-14. Mooney's always a tough game. And they, and a lot of people, that Youngstown East win might be their best win of the year. Because Youngstown yeah. East, we're going to see them Friday night. And they're really good, a really talented team. And um, so then you go down to look at Borman, who, as of now, holding on to the seventh spot. Uh, Spartans, you would think, should take care of business this Friday night up in Lakeside against a two and six team. You never know though; anything can happen in Week Ten. Uh, you know, Borman's had some nice wins this year. They beat Youngstown East twenty six to six. Beginning of the year, we didn't we didn't know how. How nice win that would be, but the Spartans really took care of business there. A nice win over Erie McDowell, who's always a good football program. Uh, they beat Mooney in a tough, hard-fought game. You know, then a little two-game slide against Cantor Harding. It, both teams should have home playoff games. And then a really tough defeat to Austin Down Fitch. But, I mean, if Borman's finished at 6-4 and four, like you were talking about, with that schedule, they should be comfortably in the playoffs starting next week. Well, the most important thing to happen to them is Youngstown East upsets Hubbard. Exactly. That would be huge for them uh, in points. Wife. They need Erie McDowell to win out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe Eric McDowell may have one more game left. Yeah. And also uh, Cardinal Mooney. They need Cardinal Mooney to win. They finished five and five. Mm-hmm. Uh, the losses, obviously, to Canfield Harding. And to Jackson won't matter because you won't get any secondary points from those games. However, you need Ursland to come through. I don't know who his Ursland have the last week. Let's find Ursland, that out. I believe quick. plays Saint V's. Saint V's. So it's not going to be easy. No. And uh, but no, we're going to need know, some help. The Spartans. Yeah, the Spartans are going to be rooting for those teams. I mean, it's yep. just the way it works. And uh, I think they have a not you know a, a legitimate shot at making the playoffs. It looks really good. I think Twinsburg, you know, could sneak in ahead of them if they, you know, if it falter. But uh, I do believe the seventh or eighth spot is theirs for the taking. Uh, they don't control their own destiny. They're going to need some help. And that's what we're talking about the schedule. They're going to need a little help, but it's going to be 
great opportunity to get two teams in from uh, Region 5 and Division 2 here for the Valley. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, jumping over to uh, Division 3, Region 9, where we have uh, the Canfield Cardinals. What a fantastic year for Canfield again after he lost his graduation last year from following a team that came also close to being a state representative for the area. Uh, Canfield comes in number two in the region. Uh, they've already clinched a playoff spot, and a win this week should guarantee them a home playoff game. Even a loss to Poland, I think Canfield is comfortably hosting. Uh, but what a season for Canfield. They started off 7-0, and uh, ran the regular season win streak to 18 in a row before a really tough, hard-fought loss to East. Uh, Canfield's got some guys out. But like I was talking to somebody at work today, you can never count out a Mike Pavlancy coach team. I think the Cardinals have a great shot to make a run and uh, give the area a possible team in the regional finals. You know, depending oh, on how, no the, how the top eight seeds shake out. It, it, it's incredible. Year after year, the consistency. We talked about uh, consistency a lot the past two weeks in our high school football broadcast. And Canfield is just every single year you look up no matter – who they lose to injury or graduation, and the Cardinals are always fighting for a playoff spot. Well, there's no question. It's one of the better programs the last about four or five seasons and continues to be. It has been for a long time, but they, the consistency mm -hmm. of what Canfield has done over the last about four or five years has really been uh, fantastic. And, uh, you know, Coach Pav uh, <laughs> has done a great job there and, and continues to uh, each year improve. And, you know, and it's amazing because – the graduation rate at Canfield's high, so they're losing yep. quite a few seniors every year. And, uh, you know, he's reloading. It's not even uh, now where yeah, he's – reloading uh, out. Mm -hmm. Exactly. He, the program has been built, and now he's just a matter of finding new players each and every year. And, he, and they seem to be doing that. So mm -hmm. I agree. I think Canfield's going to be a great, great story going forward and uh, may be one of the best teams to go deep this year from the Valley. Uh, moving on to Region 13 in Division 4, the Goat Rodeo yeah. uh, <laughs> oh, of uh, Division here. This is the one division has the, probably uh, the best representation uh, um, in the area for uh, for our high school football, some of the most well-known teams. Uh, Hubbard comes in at number two in the uh, area. They are 9-0. and you got Youngstown East now in this region. They are four. You got Poland at five. You got Gerard at seven, and you got Struthers staying at number nine, just yep. on the outside looking in. So that's why I call it the Goat Rodeo. Matter of fact, if you want to go even farther, you could say Salem at thirteen Salem. has an opportunity still to uh, to potentially make the playoffs if things fall their way. So there is quite a few teams in our area who can make a play for this. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, the Perry Pirates are number one, and we've seen them last year, Anthony, in the playoffs. Always a tough team, always a tough out. They are eight and one on the season. They lead the uh, the region with a twenty five rating. Uh, Hubbard comes in at number two at twenty two point nine, almost a twenty three rating. So almost a two point difference uh, between those two schools. And then Steubenville Big Red, you can never count out them. You know their history. Yep, and uh, probably. The two wild cards this year are Youngstown East and Indian Creek. I don't remember the last time Indian Creek has made the playoffs. I do not either. It's uh, this region every year. We talked about it last year when we started doing this. Uh, this region is oh so difficult, but this region also gives us 
the best shot to have the most teams uh, from any region or division to make the playoffs. Uh, you look at these uh, these teams. Hubbard is going for 10 mil this week against Youngstown East. Right now, Hubbard, East, and Poland all are in the top five. And then you yeah. look down Gerard. We had Gerard a couple of times this year. Tim. They're fun. They're really fun to watch. Trevor was an outside chance. Got a tough game this week against Lakeview, uh, but a win there against Lakeview. And here's some here's the biggest day. story here. As we mentioned, Perry, Hubbard, and Steubenville all have clinched home games. Mm-hmm. So their their position in the top four will not change, meaning they're probably solid one, two, and three. Yep. The only one looking for a home game is possibly Youngstown East or Paul. Well, what a story that would be, huh? And Gerard, all of them, and they control their own destiny, meaning if they win this week, they're in. They're in. Now. Yep. Here's the, here's the interesting story as we have the game on ESPN 1570 mm-hmm. and you can hear it online for those who are wondering at ESPNMahoneyValley.com. Uh, this Youngstown East versus Hubbard in week 10. That's we're, we're covering Anthony mm-hmm. and it is a, a must win for East to make the playoffs. Really? They yeah. control their own destiny. They don't want to leave it to others to win for them and of other teams lose in front of them or behind them to make the playoffs. So this will be, you know, that coaching staff for East is just nailing that home all day long, each and every game, uh, you know, Monday through Thursday, that we win, we're in. We win, we can make a run in playoffs. We can be the biggest surprise in the state of Ohio. No one's this- given us a chance. They're going to play that underdog role, Yep, and they're going to try to put them in that scenario to, uh, to succeed. And Youngstown East, the Golden Bears, the return of the Golden Bears this year, and they have a chance to make the playoffs. And i quite honest with you, they could be uh, the biggest surprise in the state this season and would not surprise me. I'm not, you know, you just yeah. never know. As I said before, as in a, you know, covering games, you just never know. However, the team that I think uh, has that Cinderella slipper type feel is Youngstown East. And it'll be interesting to see how they handle it going forward. Because they got a big challenge. I mean, you know, tough challenge. this is like a playoff game to, to get into playoff. the playoffs. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And you may, basically you may get them two weeks in a row. There's a, there's a legitimate op- possibility. You may see Hubbard and East play again. Yep. In the first week yeah. or the second week of the playoffs if they both advance. Yeah. The nice thing about this region uh, – it's a blessing and a curse is you're going to have potentially one or two all local matchup in the first round. You're guaranteed to get somebody to the second round, but you're going to lose somebody also. Uh, but these, right. this East Harbor game, I'm really looking forward to. Uh, this is week one of the playoffs for East. So we, we were talking about YSU last night, how their playoffs start this Saturday. This is the playoff game for East. And uh, those coaches are, are definitely drawing in their head because they also want to ruin Hubbard's not in those season. So this is going to be a fun match to watch. We're really fortunate to have it on our airwaves this Friday night at 7 o'clock. There's no question. It's going to be a great game, and I'm looking forward to that one tremendously as we uh, look at some of the other divisions. Going to Division 5, Region 17, this is where we find last week's uh, tough loss. Yep. uh, Our tough loss in our feature game last week. Mm Against Gerard as LeBray comes in at number three in this region 
uh, with a almost a 16 rating, a 15.92 rating. They've clinched a playoff spot. They will make the playoffs. Now they're playing for a home game. So if yep. they can basically win, chances are really good they'll get a home game. And uh, looking at the rest of the field, there's really nobody else locally in this region. Yeah, you got, you got Orville. Yeah, Crestfield. Crestview, exactly. And, and they Crestview control their own destiny. Next. And we've seen them earlier. And uh, Dylan Huff Whew. has become their quarterback, and he has really done a great job. And, of course, they have the, the running back, too, uh, Jansen. Uh, both mm-hmm. of them are just really a great one-two punch there. So it'll be interesting to see. We got to watch them play against JFK, and they just dominated Kennedy in that game. So, yeah, you're right. Crestview is another team that has a great opportunity. They control their own destiny, meaning if they win this week, uh, they're in the right. playoffs. And they got uh, a team from West Virginia, Lindsay, Lindsay West yeah. Virginia. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about them. So I can't tell you how good or bad they are and what type of game uh, uh, Crestview is in. You know, one other thing about Crestview is uh, really interesting. Uh, they're, they're on a nine-game season. They yeah. did not get a full 10 games in. And they're non – they did play a game, though. That game was against Youngstown Cheney Junior Varsity, and that was on uh, the end of September, September 28th. That did not count as a varsity football game. Uh-huh. So they're they're playing on a nine-game season, mm-hmm. and uh, they did play 10 games. But like I said, uh, Youngstown – and that's why Youngstown East is in Region uh, 13 now because they've changed their factoring. Yep, they went from a Division two school, which would have been with Boardman and uh, uh, Warren Harding. Harding, yep, and they moved down to Division four here, and it'll be interesting to see because they now count the the uh, the enrollment from the two schools separately uh, than they used to count them as one. Where East used to get players from Cheney to play, but now they don't count the entire enrollment because. Uh, Cheney is back and will be playing uh, varsity football very soon. So uh, I believe next year. So next year it should be. Work. Yeah, it's going to yep. it's going to be interesting to see. You're going to have two division four schools from the city of Youngstown now going forward. And, yeah, jumping uh, in. Yeah, that's going to be really interesting. It, it'll be great to have Cheney back. They're a they're a, a program who's had a lot of success in the area and a lot of really good football players and coaches have come from the area. Hopefully it'll be really fun to bring Cheney back, and hopefully them and Youngstown East can start a nice little rivalry. You got Arsenal Mooney, then you can have uh, the all all city league there uh, with Cheney and East. So that'll be a lot of fun to have them back next season. Uh, jumping ahead to Region or Division Six, Region Twenty One, don't have many teams in the playoffs here, as a lot a lot of them who have already been eliminated are the victims of not really great strength of schedule. Uh, you got McDonald in there, Sam, at uh, 7, 9 and 0 again. You want to talk about consistency with Canfield? Uh, that Blue Devil football program, year in and year out, uh, they may they may do it very ugly uh, to the general public. You and I had them a couple times last year, and they're fun to watch. They're finally, a fundamentally sound football program. Uh, so they'll be. Uh, a win this weekend, they're in. Uh, they play Louisville, so uh, we'll see there. Springfield with an outside shot at 10. 
they need a win this week against Waterloo and some help. Uh, Western Reserve and Liberty, both really good football teams for 7-2 on the year, just didn't play that tough. Or, you know, they're, that has been a part- problem within the Valley this year is yes, the strength has. of schedules. Yep. And you know, just to use your uh, point here, uh, mm-hmm. let's, I'm going to pull up West Reserve schedule. Okay. And they won their first uh, six ball games. They played Columbiana, East Palestine, Cambridge Springs, Sebring, and Middle Ridge, and Lowville. Mm-hmm. And only two of them have a winning record, and that's Columbiana and East Palestine. They're both five and four. Uh, the and others, and the others three have a total of three wins. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Uh, that you run into. And they lost to Springfield, so they didn't get any points out of that game. Uh, Waterloo has only two wins. They're only going to get you know two a factor two there. And McDonald, uh, they lost to. So they obviously that's why they are on the outside looking in this season, unlike last year when they made the playoffs, when they beat uh, McDonald and kept McDonald, McDonald yeah. out of the playoffs. Same scenario. It's the scheduling in our area right now. There's just some very weak schools that they're playing. A lot of these athletic directors and coaches have to reevaluate their non-conference schedule and try to upgrade it. And the new conferences that are coming about, they're going to have to try to get stronger opponents uh, for they can be more prepared for the playoffs. It'll be interesting to see. You know, as you mentioned, McDonald's undefeated and they're at seven. They're yeah. seated seventh, so they control their own destiny. However, if they would should lose in week ten. There's no guarantee Those are good that they make the out. playoffs. Yeah. Chances Those are they would not make the playoffs. Out. Yeah. Yeah, because Garraway's right there. Lowville, I mean, they should they should handle Lowville, quite honest with you. I expect them to. And they should. Uh, however, this is a this is a tough region. It's gonna be a, a opening game. You know, you're talking about Kirkland right now, oh, their matchup. Yeah, and you yeah, know we how well Kirkland historically against our teams here in the area. Yeah. And you know, Roostown is an interesting team. Uh, the Bombers, you know, they uh, traditionally play pretty well during the regular season and not well in the playoffs. So we'll see how that happens there. And then uh, Selainsville uh, Southern this year has come on strong and uh, has played some of the local teams this year and has had some success. A lot so. of success, yeah. yeah. yeah they, so we'll see exactly. I mean, there are, like I said, and you got a traditional power in Mogador at the top. So. Uh, and like you said, Springfield has a chance. They're they're at number ten. They need some help, uh, yep. and one of those help would probably be McDonald losing, and I don't see that happening. And uh, we'll just have to wait and see how this all works out. I mean, you have the only the top three spots have uh, clinched, and that's Mogador, Kirtland, and Rootstown, uh, Norway, uh, Steuben Central Catholic, Slanesville, and McDonald all control their own destiny, and if they all win. That would only leave one spot for three teams in, in Garway, Columbia, and Springfield. So you'd have to give uh, the mm-hmm. uh, the edge probably to well, who knows uh, in that situation. Columbia six and three. They may have played the stronger schedule mm-hmm. of the two eight and one teams. So we'll just have to wait and see how that all kind of comes to uh, fruition there. As uh, we'll have to wait and see how they all work their way out. But, you know, Division Six is going to be interesting. Yep. And then we get down to Region 25, and lo and behold, the John F. Kennedy Eagles have an opportunity to make the playoffs. 
what a fantastic story that they've been, Tim. We've had the privilege of covering them a lot this year, um, being the flagship home for JFK. And I have never met Coach Beck up until this season. Boy, am I impressed with just his outlook on the team. Uh, whenever we've interviewed him, whenever we spoke to him off the air, it's it's all about the kids, and it's all about improving. And it never once brought up, well, we got to win this because we, you know, we're here in the last innings. It, it's always about consistency. I keep bringing up the word consistency, but I think it's a key theme with a lot of these teams. And Coach Bayek, you know, get better each week. Uh, the tough injury uh, to Williamson against Gerard. That, it, yeah. You never want to see that. They what a great story for them to rally around. Uh, we saw them in the first couple weeks. Uh, nice wins, gritty wins. And then and then their uh, meat of the schedule came up and had a lot of really tough defeats. Uh, but lately, uh, they played some really good football. Uh, only lost to Gilmore Academy 14-3. Um, and a win this week and some help. And you got a great shot to make the playoffs. And that's a true testament to that program, considering they start three freshmen on the offensive line. So JFK is young but they're getting experience and better each week, and they're going to be a, a force again in the next couple of years. Uh, you don't want to forget about, though, in the sixth seed right now, Valley Christian uh, comes yes. in five and four. They I was going to mention that. A win for the uh, the Eagles of Valley Christian against Crestwood this week, and they should be in the playoffs. And who knows? Uh, a win for them and losses by East Canton and Castillo uh, St. John. Maybe hosting a home game, but you know, I want to correct myself. By the way, um, okay, I, I made a, a, a tactical error, and I apologize to Rootstown. They're the Rovers. Yes, I called them the Bombers, and Tenson's that was the Bombers. I was just going to say Wyndham's the Bombers. Wyndham, yep. Wyndham is the Bombers. I is the Rovers. Uh, uh, and so my apologies yep. go out to anybody uh, from Rootstown. I did not uh, – I recognize after I, I sat here and seen Wyndham come up on my uh, on my screen, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, I called the wrong team the Bombers. Uh, Wyndham really is cool the Bombers. Nickname, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. No, that's a really cool nickname. I don't want to forget about either Ali Tonya. What a story uh, the Bears have been this year, the, the, the pride of uh, the fighting Ron Potestas. Uh, the Bears have a chance <laughs> with a win this week to get in. Uh, they're four and five, uh, but a really tough game against Southern, eight and one Southern. Uh, but what a story the Bears have been just uh, trying to turn around that program. And uh, who knows, a potentially program altering win this week and could vault them into the playoffs. And well, there's uh, there's there's the team that could help JFK vault into the top eight mm -hmm. is if Latonia ended up unfortunately losing to uh, their opponent this Southern. week, which is, you mentioned Southern. Mm -hmm. uh, wow. That may give Kennedy on Saturday afternoon, all the, the knowledge they need to know that they can win to get in. Uh, yeah. Cause they could, cause as you mentioned, uh, Latonia controls their own destiny, meaning if they win, they're in. They're in. Uh, it's going to be difficult. Southern's a very good team, and uh, we've we've been talking about them 
uh, on this podcast, and they have really achieved this year. So uh, you got to give them credit from Salingsville and see how they they handle it at all. So I'm I'm kind of curious to see how this all works out. And then also uh, we got to talk about uh, Southington from uh, mm-hmm. Trouble County. Uh, the Shockers have uh, come in. They control their own destiny. They can vault up too. Uh, from number nine into the top eight with a win. So they actually have the best scenario. All they have to do is win to get in. Win in the ring, yeah. The, yeah. They, ha- you know, so it'll be interesting to see how they, and they got uh, Strasburg Franklin, who is one and eight. So uh, they're in great shape. Southington is a in lot great of shape to make the playoffs. Year, huh? Yeah. A lot of moving parts. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we sit back and, uh, we turned to each other this year in August and week one, and we said, well, it's the, you know, we weren't really sure if we we're going to have a season. You know, what we're going to have to do is make a chart going into uh, Friday night's game. Yeah. Of the teams yes. that are, are what their scenario are, when to get in, when in their when in and, and, mm-hmm. that, and uh, we'll have to put Matt on the, uh, the scoreboard wall for be those on teams the, only. Uh, yes. You know, yeah, that sounds like a good plan. To Poor yeah. Matt doesn't know, didn't know what I just did to him. But, <laughs> no, uh, no, he does Matt, I hope you're listening. <laughs> but I think that's what we're going to do is we're going to, uh, Anthony, I'm going to ha- have you help me. Uh, yep. Let's make a little flow chart mm-hmm. uh, from each division and who they're playing. And then we'll hand it to Matt and say, Matt, these are the games that matter. These are the ones we want to hear about. Yeah. And, uh, and we'll we'll set them loose instead of telling them once once a quarter. Anytime you have an update on any of these scores, chime in. The good news <laughs> is, the good news is, it, it's going to be a lot of work for Matt, which means a lot of teams in our area are going to have a shot to make the playoffs and have a shot to uh, go to. Is it in Canton this year, the state championships? I believe they yeah. are. I think they're back home. Can we touch County. on? Finally, we have gotten rid of the stupid all on Friday nights, where we yes. can go on Friday and Saturday nights to watch football games. Thank God that one-year horrific experiment is over, and the powers that be made the right decisions to have playoff games on Friday and Saturday. Tim, I know you and I will probably be at our fair share of games this year, either covering or just there as fans. Yeah, and it will be interesting to see exactly how it all works out. They mm-hmm. made a change. I mean, years ago, it used to be one. Basically, it was like one, three, one, five. One, three, five, and seven, yeah. Yeah, on, on Fridays or and then two, two four, six, six. On, on Saturdays. It's mm-hmm. not going to be that way no more. It's, and I'm kind of mixing it up. But they used yeah. to alternate like the five and six type scenario. But yep. bottom line is the top – basically, I think the one, two, and three will play on Friday. And the mm-hmm. bottom four divisions will play on Saturday now. Is there any or game it might on, be the top four? It, and there's one state title game on Thursday night still. I believe so. Yeah, because of the, the yeah. odd numbers that have uh, yeah. having a eight o'clock in the morning kickoff, they're not going to do yeah. that. And uh, I don't know. I mean, that's the hard part with an odd number seven. Yeah, you're on short rest. But hey, yeah, if you get to week fifteen. I don't think those two no, coaches will yeah. care at all. About no, no one's going to care. No one's going to, you know, you're going to nope. show up and you're going to play your game and and hope for the best. There's no question about it. And, you know, like you said, that's five weeks into the playoffs. They're not going to care about that short nope. week. However, I would rather 
I'm not sure how they do it, but I would I would like to see them all condense into two days somehow. Uh, I was a guy who used to go to all the games on, you know, when it used to be six games. Uh, for many years, I used to go all six games. And as a fan of high school football, I'd rather see it condensed into two days. I'm not sure how you do it. I didn't, I, you know, I would have to look at the uh, scheduling and how it's done. I think the re- first game usually kicks off at 11 a.m. Yeah, on, 11, uh, Friday, 3, Saturday. 7. That it might even be earlier. It might be like around 11 a.m., uh, you know, and then the second game is around 2, and the th- or second game is around 2.30, oh, and then yeah, they have the, yeah. the final game at, in prime time around 7, 7.30. Yep. Uh, you could probably squeeze one in on a Friday or a Saturday morning and push every, you know, it would be a little more condensed. But, you know, if you're using both, and I don't know. I, I don't know the scenario, but I imagine they're still using both Paul Brown Stadium no. and no, they're just no. using the one in Canton. Yeah, they're only using. Uh, so that makes it a lot I'm difficult. Yes, if they were using Paul Brown Stadium, in, in then Madison, you could do it. Then you can do it because I used to. We used to travel back and forth, and you know the way they used to do it is they would have two games in Canton one day and one game in Maslin. Uh, Maslin. And then reverse it the next day. And, uh, you know, the primetime game would be like the first game and the last game would be wherever the host, you know, mm-hmm. would be. You know, Division two, that would be in Maslin. Division one would always be in Canton because it's the larger stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, you know, I I would learn how to see them use the two communities again. That was kind of fun, too, uh, with the right traditions now. of the two schools. Right now, divisions one, two, three, and six will be on Friday night, November second, for the regional quarterfinals. And divisions four, five, and seven will will kick off on Saturday. And then okay. uh, the the state championship games are to be determined. Right. So. And that's basically the schedule you'll have. Yep. Um, yep. And like that's you said, they, they'll have the three games. They'll have the one game on Thursday, and then. They'll have the three and three. My guess, uh, and, and that's the thing. When, yeah, when you have one, when you only have one facility, and that, and the reason they have to do it on three days is because when they're in Columbus using um, using uh, Ohio Stadium, they have mm-hmm. no choice. They have to do it in three days because they only yep. have one one facility, and they're still using that philosophy when they moved it back up to uh, Canton. So, you know, incremental changes. Maybe we'll get back to some smart people like at the Ohio High School Athletic <laughs> Association, and they'll put it back where you know in Stark County and use the two, uh, two communities again. I like that. It was fun and it was great. And yes, I'm biased. I am the first to say it. It's close to me. You know, yeah. I don't have to go to Columbus to watch the game. And yes, I understand the western part of the state. Uh, being frustrated that they have to travel all the way to Canton to uh, play championship games, but so be it. Uh, championship games in Pennsylvania or in Harrisburg. Mm-hmm. If you're on the western side of PA, you got to travel a long ways. I mean, uh, not Harrisburg, but uh, Hershey. Uh, you got to travel a long way. So you know, uh, you know, in Texas, you got to travel to Dallas. So you know, it's just the way it works. Sometimes, yeah, it's- you know, it's just the facilities are there. I understand using Ohio Stadium. It makes, and in the many years ago, that's the way it was done. Uh, when they went to Canton back, uh, 
I'm not sure exactly when, probably the early 90s, might have been late 80s, mm-hmm. when they started using Canon Maslin. It was a uh, it was a great move. Now, in my opinion, it was it was just putting high school football in high school stadiums and large and, and great communities with the history that both of them have. It was just that's the way high school football should be played, you know. Yep. And that's the way I hope it, you know, it returns someday. We're getting there. Look, I understand that most of the people from the uh, from the state offices are from Columbus because that's where they're at. Mm-hmm. They don't want to travel, you know. Nope. It's just the way it works. Uh, I, they're not going to listen to me anyway. No. So <laughs> no. I can tell them. I can tell them what to do, but they're not going to listen. And uh, I, I'd make it nice and easy on them, but you know, <laughs> they, nice they, they, <laughs> you know, they're not. They're not going to pay attention to me as much as they should. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, what can you do? It is what it is, Anthony. However, I am glad to see it back in uh, Canton again. I am too. It, hopefully, I believe it returns to Columbus next year. But I, think I could so. be wrong. I, I think either next year or the year after uh, they return to Columbus. And I think it's basically going to be on an alternate, alternating basis, uh, either here in Canton or at Ohio Stadium. But it's, yeah, great to I, have the, it's great to have the state championships back in our neck of the woods, so to speak, up in Stark County. Uh, they always do a fantastic job. I know uh, you've been up to a couple games. I've been up to a couple of them, and they're fantastic. They do a fantastic job with there putting them on. Yeah, I haven't been to the new stadium yet, the the Tom oh. Brown Stadium or whatever it's called. I don't know. Well, we're going this year. We're going to a state title game this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely, we'll yep. get there. It'll be fun. Hopefully, we'll we'll be covering one instead. That'll be even more. Exactly. Fun. Boy, boy, I haven't I haven't covered a state title up. game. I think. Uh, Maybe Harding. Wow. I think Harding game, I made the first, I think Harding had two championship runs back in the day. Yeah. And I may have been to one of those two broadcasting. And also, I know I did the Ursuline back in 2000. Yeah. 2001. Yep. Yeah. Against Coldwater. So, yeah. uh, and I did not broadcast any of the uh, Mooney championships. So, boy, that uh, hopefully I'll have that opportunity. Yeah. 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 And uh, you never know who's going to make it, and it'll be a lot of fun. And I, I look forward to it. It's 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 a great time of the year. It's it's great. We we work hard for the, these ten weeks broadcasting games and keep, keeping track to get to this time of the season. And uh, yes, it's rainy and it's cold and it's miserable, but it's also high school playoff time, and uh, it's, it's a exciting. lot of fun, isn't it? Yeah, this is what it's all about. Yep. Real quick, I got my basketball schedule for Newcastle. So uh, we'll t- touch on that in the future. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully we'll get uh, James Donson on too uh, to uh, talk some hoops. And matter of fact, I will try to get him on in the next week or so. And he'll give us a preview of the WPIL. And uh, I'll reach also out to Ray Reinsdorf from uh, Erie to talk about Erie McDowell and their run in District 10 playoffs and what's going on up there. So we'll try to cover the entire region in Northeast Ohio and Western PA. And uh, we'll reach out to maybe some people here locally too who cover uh, some of the local teams along with us. And uh, we'll have this all situated here in the next week as we get into the playoffs after this Friday night. Yeah, it's a, you know, we've man- made mention this is probably the best time of year uh, to be a sportsman with everything going on and, 
Uh, we've been so privileged in the past to have a lot of teams from area make a run to the state championship game. And uh, hopefully, uh, again, uh, this year we can have a couple teams make that run. And uh, for our sake, we can be on the media ends and then uh, cover a couple games, huh? Yeah, let's hope. Let's let's keep this train running. All right, Anthony, let's, let's call, call it a night here on this podcast, our Ohio High School Athletic Association uh, Week 10 uh, preview, I guess you can call it. Playoff, get into it more next week with that. We'll also try to join you later this week as the World Series uh, first pitch is tomorrow night on Tuesday. And uh, we'll try to get back together maybe on Thursday, Anthony, and do a little baseball and uh, see if we can find someone to join us to talk about the World Series and the playoffs that, that has just occurred. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, good luck to all of our local teams this weekend. I know Tim has now made myself and Matt very busy, as Matt is going to find out after the show of his homework for the week. Uh, but, you know, we wouldn't have it any other way, would we? I mean, would you rather be sitting on your couch watching uh, – I don't know what the hell is on TV Friday nights. I couldn't tell you. I've been home on a Friday night in uh, 11 weeks, 12 I, weeks, is it, Tim? Yeah, let me do this real quick. And uh, I haven't given much shout-outs at all this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a shout-out to uh, Brandon, who, who's been our board op most of the season on uh, 1570. And a shout-out also to Carl Bloom and to Todd mm-hmm. Hadley who has uh, taken over the station and has given us this opportunity to uh, – broadcast the games locally and uh, hopefully continue into the playoffs. So we thank all involved uh, who has uh, given us this opportunity in 2018 to uh, continue to do the things we love to do, cover high school sports. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun this year, and hopefully we can uh, continue for five more weeks after this. Sounds like a plan. So for Anthony and Canfield, I am Tim and Borman, and we will be back later this week with episode 54 of the Radio MVP Sports Podcast. Have a great day, everyone.